0: Journey to the Nativity, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society. The Feast of Christmas, celebrating the birth of Jesus, is one of the most joyful days of the Orthodox Church. It's also known as the Incarnation of Christ. As Orthodox Christians, this means that we celebrate that Jesus became a man and came into the world to save us. This is the Journey to the Nativity.
1: Dear brothers and sisters, As we embark on our journey towards the Nativity of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, in which we will be soon celebrating his incarnation and birth in the flesh, I want to invite you on another journey, even further back in time, to the very beginning, to the birth of the cosmos, and reflect on the role which Christ played in the creation of the world itself. It is a basic dogma of our church, that the whole world, the entire visible and invisible cosmic realms, were created by God through his Son, the divine Logos. The first three verses of the Gospel of St. John make this abundantly clear. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made along with saint john the evangelist saint paul expounds on this very doctrine even further for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him. These verses are conveying a profound, immense, and deeply important truth, not only in regards to the creation of the universe, but even to our own existence. Firstly, let us examine the meaning of the word or logos, as used in the the Gospel of, of John It is clear that the Word who was in the beginning with God, and is God, refers to none other than the Son of God, since the same evangelist writes a little further on, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What then is the meaning of the term word or logos? In Greek, logos has a wider meaning than its English counterpart. It can mean reason, as in the English word logic, logikos, logiki. Or it can mean plan, as in logistics. It can also refer to a thought or a principle or even a purpose. Just like in English, it can even refer to a promise, I give you my word, signifying our unambiguous intent and resolve. How does all this apply to God and his Logos? We know from the first book of Genesis that God first spoke prior to the various elements of creation coming into being. God said, let there be light, and there was light, and let there be a firmament in the midst of the water, and let it divide the water from the water, and it was so, etc, etc. And even in the Psalms, we read, for he spoke, and they were made, he commanded, and they were created. But have you ever thought, what does it mean to say that God spoke? It means that at the act of creation, God externalized, so to speak, his divine will, issuing a command. He did not keep his intent internal, secret, hidden, but proceeded to action his will through his external command, which is his divine Logos. The divine word perfectly reflects the very character and person of God the Father, as Saint Paul writes in Hebrews, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. In a somewhat analogous way, we can often get to know the character of another person through the words they speak. It is this divine Logos which, according to St. John the Evangelist and Theologian, was present at the very beginning of creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. The ancient Greek philosophers believed that the entire cosmos was created with divine reason, which they also referred to as the Logos. This underlying principle of reason permeated and governed the universe. Heraclitus, for example, who lived in the 6th century BC wrote, All things come into being according to the Logos. The principle that the universe itself is intelligible, that is, is able to be understood, forms the founding principle of modern science and follows directly from this fundamental Christian teaching that all things were made through him, that is the Logos, and without him nothing was made that was made. And yet as Christians we understand Logos as something far greater than simply reason. The the divine Logos represents a divine principle, plan and purpose. Everything in the world has a divine plan instilled by God. This is expressed most profoundly by Saint Maximus the Confessor, that great father of our church who lived in the 6th century AD and who wrote, If by reason and wisdom a person has come to understand that what exists was brought out of non-being into being by God. If he intelligently directs the soul's imagination to the infinite differences and variety of things as they exist by nature, and turns his questing eye with understanding towards the Logos, according to which things have been made, would he not know that the one Logos is many Logi? This is evident in the incomparable differences among created things for each is unmistakably unique in itself, and its identity remains distinct in relation to other things. He will also know that the many loyi are the one Logos, to whom all things are related and who exists in himself without confusion, the essential and individually distinctive God, the Logos of God the Father. He is the beginning and cause of all things, in whom all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or principalities or authorities. All things were created from Him, and through Him, and for Him. This same Logos, whose goodness is revealed and multiplied in all the things that have their origin in Him, with a degree of beauty appropriate to each being, recapitulates all things in himself. Here, Saint Maximus is reminding us that all things in creation have a Logos, a reason for being, a divine purpose which originated from the one Logos, the Word of God, and which will be recapitulated or gathered back to him in the fullness of time. As Saint Paul states, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. This is why all things were created through him and for him. There is one more thing to say about the divine Logos through which all things were created, and that is, the Logos of God reflects the unambiguous and strong intent, love and resolve God had in the creation of the world. The creation of all things was not, was not a mere afterthought, a dispassionate act by an indifferent God distant from His creation, but it was the most intentional act as reflected through God's word and His express command. Saint Paul states this most beautifully in his doxology at the beginning of his epistle to the Ephesians when he writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. This point is illustrated by Metropolitan Hierotheus of Nathbaktos, who recounts the following story about Saint Paisios. He writes, I once visited Father Paisios with a student of theology who was at a critical stage. He asked him about his studies. The student naively told him about a work of his dealing with the creation of man. At one point he told Father Paisios, At one point, God didn't know what to do, so he formed Adam and Eve to pass his time. I saw Father Paisios with lightning speed raise his hand and gave him a heavy smack. The student lost it, became dizzy. He stood briefly with bulging eyes, trying to realize what happened, and then he began to cry, sobbing like a small child. Father Paisios was looking at him, not saying anything, and let him cry. After much weeping he said, Blessed one, what is is this that you have said? Come with me. He took him by the hand, like a mother with a young child, and brought him to the sink and said, Wash your face. Then he gave him a towel to wipe his face of the tears and brought him back to his seat. He then began with humour tenderness and much love to indicate his error and to say that we should not speak about God and his work with indeed with indecency with aprepia moreover he even wrote a graceful dedication in one of his books and gave it to him needless to say i followed this entire scene speechless and ecstatic dear friends We should always remember God's unfathomable love for His whole creation, always grateful to our Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, as it is written in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Grateful for all that He has done for us, not only bringing us into into this world out of love, but granting us so many blessings. Finally, it is instructive for us to also note that our Church commemorates the creation of the world every year on none other than the feast day of Pascha, the day in which Christ rose from the tomb and granted us the great victory over death. It is a day par excellence of recreation of the whole world, as Christ himself said, Behold, I make all things new. And which St. Paul affirms if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. In Jesus Christ, we have not only our origin, but our destiny and purpose. I am, says Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. We will finish our lofty theme with the beautiful words of St. John Chrysostom in the prayer of the anaphora, as recited by our priests during each Divine Liturgy. It is proper and right to sing to you, to bless you, to praise you, to give thanks to you. To worship you in every place of your dominion. For you are God inexpressible, inconceivable, invisible, incomprehensible, ever existing, ever the same, you and your only begotten Son and your Holy Spirit. You brought us from non-being into being, and when we fell you raised us up again, and left nothing undone until you brought us up to heaven and bestowed on us your kingdom to come. Wishing you all a blessed journey to the Nativity of our Lord and the true fulfillment of our life's purpose, which is to attain the image and likeness of our good God, who made us all in his image through his pre-eternal and only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: We hope that you've enjoyed this edition of journey to the nativity for more spiritually edifying orthodox talks and podcasts be sure to head to orthodoxjourney.com